This is WLNZ Lansing. You're listening to LCC Connect, a weekly program that features the voices, vibes, and vision of Lansing Community College. To find out more about LCC Connect programs or to listen on demand, visit us at lccconnect.org. LCC Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. Listening to Art Happens Here, the podcast that explores the often curious and occasionally amazing art installations on, in, and around the campuses of Lansing Community College. I'm your host, Bruce Mackley. Well, thank you for joining us again. Um, I have the honor and pleasure of sitting here with uh, Lansing muralist extraordinaire Brian Whitfield, uh, an old classmate of mine. Uh, you know. Um, a colleague in, in the arts here in Lansing and a very extraordinary person. Thanks for coming back, Brian. Well, thank you for uh, continuing the conversation. Yeah, we could. I think we could roll for hours because there's yeah. so much ground and there's so many things that we can reflect on and, and, and learn, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so where did we leave off? You know, I think we were talking about your, your body of work and we were getting into the specifics of your medium, the challenges, some yeah. of the challenges yeah. and the paints and so on. Yeah, the paints, the... <clears throat> Uh, where I where I uh, get my supplies, um, I like to go locally, so mm. I usually buy local. But every now and then, I, I I'll order some things. Yeah. Um, like I said, um, golden paint. Um, but you know, pretty pretty simple. I I kind of go all over the place, you know. Yeah. Did anybody sponsor you yet? No. I, I can no. see him doing it though. I haven't even tried to. Oh know, man, that's looked. money on the table, yeah. you know, Whitfield. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, that's something that may get there one the day. The business end of it, yeah. you know, some of this. And talking to artists like art art artists, um, I'm learning that you can put as much into marketing yourself as the actual artwork itself yes. if you want to propel your career. And you, from what I've gathered, aren't specifically interested in propelling your career. You are interested in doing artwork. You're absolutely right. Yeah. 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 I, I, I see people, um, I have good friends that um, amazing muralists. And, and and they're just like superstars, mm-hmm. but they're always going They're They're, you know, they're almost like they're working for somebody else because they're so famous. I've seen those. Yeah. You, you share them on Facebook and mm-hmm. there's some of these group like in Ohio. Yes. You, you know, there's a group of buildings and you each grab a wall, that type of thing. Yeah. 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 There's a, a South African artist who, who's just, she, 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 they have Nike. She has Nike shoes. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how good she is. Mm-hmm. Nike, Nike supports her and she, and, and, and other people. Yeah. Um, Australian artists and they're just amazing, mm-hmm. amazing. And I'm 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 fortunate enough to be able to contact them and ask them questions. And, and they're fortunate too. They're yeah. fortunate having you. We, and I'm, I'm just going to say, <laughs> yeah, now that you fit right in, I mean, you you fold in beautifully and complementary to to that caliber of work. Obviously, I think truly, and I'm smart enough to realize you could work in any market you wanted, given again your style and uh, the influential, you know aspect of your work yeah. you know um, that's that's the one mm-hmm. one nice thing uh of course i was influenced by the realism in mm-hmm. early life mm-hmm. I, I i i was able to um change that and mm-hmm. move into a more abstract um more stylized interpretive um, yeah. interpretive um, body of work and you know kind of like picasso like 
Yeah, you know? that is exactly right. Because I mentioned the the uh, integrated design work, and it looks, it appears like it's like it could be animated because it's flows and there's no all of the angles and all of the curves there none of it is at odds with itself it all fits mm-hmm. and it's highly it's it's it i mentioned in our last um segment it, it's looks effortless because it's so beautiful this in the simplicity at the same time the complexity i'm sorry i'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm at complete odds because there's so much that goes on in any one of your pieces and it's like a symphony it's like a visual symphony with the colors and the shapes yeah. um I, I really like when it all comes together when, yeah when it works and I, I have a feeling um there's some pieces that i just don't have that feeling with um i parts of it i like parts of it i don't and and but i have to be finished with it. i have to i have to say okay that's it yeah the, the self-discipline yeah. Yeah. yeah and you don't seem to it doesn't look like you overwork anything right. yeah. yeah i I learned that in school i Did said you? you know you know some artists they they just keep going and they don't know when to stop. Yep. It's, for me, I've been fortunate to have that feeling mm-hmm. to know, okay, this is it. And even sometimes I have, there, there are parts of paintings that don't look finished to me, mm-hmm. but I know that that's when I need to stop and leave it touch, you know, How leave it alone. That? Don't touch it. Has there been a process figuring that out? Yes. Yes. It has. And, and there've been times where I love a certain area mm-hmm. and I work the rest of the painting and mm-hmm. that's the particular uh, the, that's the area that I need to get rid of, and it's hard. That's funny. Yeah, yeah, because it's just not working. It's not working, and then I look at it, and it's like, oh, I gotta get rid of my favorite part of the painting, and so I have to paint over it. Now I have my my best critic is my mother. <laughs> she always says, "Why did you get rid of that part?" What's her name? Ruby Fraser. All right, yeah, Ruby Fraser. Yeah. Right. And she likes to. She's. I, I. I love that when people tell me exactly what mm-hmm. they think about my work. <laughs> Because it helps me. No, having an unvarnished view, especially yeah. from a family member who doesn't trying to impress you or, yep. you know, they just tell you how it is. Yeah, yeah. But she's always saying, you know, why'd you get rid of that piece? I like that. And it was like, well, that part was not working in the painting. That's why I got rid of it. Wow, having the eye for that type of balance. I remember, and you probably don't have to deal with this because you're so highly tuned, years and years ago, um, I did a painting for Buick. It was like a collage of like 70 different models. It was a 75th. Anyway, it was a watercolor and it was a composite. By the time I got used to the medium and I got up to speed with how it was working, the first part of the painting was horrible. Mm-hmm. And I had to redo them because, you know, it it was a departure because I started learning how the paint went. And it was frustrating, but I, that's how it goes. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah it is. And watercolor is hard. That's one of the things I don't really tackle. That's brutal. Watercolor is tough. And you know, you mentioned Mark Mahaffey, yeah. who's amazing. Yeah, too. Mark is a god. Yeah. He's, his his color choices, his just everything he does is just gold. I never knew. You know, Mark Mahaffey, for our listeners, was uh, our teacher at Sexton High School in Lansing. Um, and he, when he was, yeah, this was a long time ago. This was in the early '80s, and you know, he he was just a cool, laid back guy. You know, you know, he was kind of an artist, and everybody loved him because of his sense of humor. Um, and then. It hit me that he was, he did it. And he, I remember birches, it was these birches that he did. Yeah. And it was like eight feet. But anyway, it was the trees. And he went in and he wet the paper down and he just took a brush and beautiful. Yes, he, just everything. I, you can't say enough about how the quality of his work. Yeah. He, I, I'll put him up against any watercolors anywhere. 
yeah. at any time in life. Yeah. History of art. <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know, when I did it, the last one I did was, I think it was in 97, and it got to the point where I tried controlling it too much. Yeah. And, and it, became, problem. it became frustrating, and it was not enjoyable at all. It quickly becomes frustrating. You know, it's funny how when you start off, you think, oh, I'm doing great. Mm-hmm. And just one little brush stroke, and you you've kind of messed it up, and and yeah. you want to redo it, and you want to treat it like oil, an oil painting or an acrylic painting. You want to paint, yeah. and watercolor doesn't do that. No, the paper's got to be the light. Yeah, it's got to come through. And another thing, you know, metal and glass, it's a cakewalk. Mm-hmm. You know, you want something hard? Try a baby's face or a cloud. <laughs> you know, or steam. Clouds, yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, it, it, yeah. That's that's funny. What is? What's challenging to you? You mentioned uh, you haven't done a master your masterpiece yet. If you view something as an objective yeah. in your body of work, what would that be? <clears throat> well, you know, I well let me go go to go to grad school. Yeah, because I when I was in grad school, I I um they each artist each every year the, our artists um, get to present a piece of their work mm-hmm. or a couple of pieces of their artwork to the to the other grad students. Mm-hmm. So I put up one of my favorite pieces that I um, thought I did great. And it was a photorealistic um, uh, drawing of, of three women taking communion. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought this is great. They're going to love this. Mm-hmm. And, and they said, you know, is this all you got? And that really threw me. And they, they were less than um, impressed. What did you think they expected? You know, I, at that time, because of my going through undergrad and the technical challenges and, mm-hmm. and mastering those, mm-hmm. I was thinking technical and they were thinking interpretive. interpretive. Yeah. And that was the beginnings of me breaking down what I was learning how to do. And I'm still in that process after all these years, after 30 years, I'm still in that process. Listen, man, you know, super realism and hyper realism for the longest time and still are the grail for many painters and designers. Yeah getting to that thing where you look at a painting and it resembles a photo. I've seen these things. Mm-hmm. I've seen artists do like the side of a bus at night or, you know, silverware. Um, why not just take a picture? I mean, I did it too. You know, there's yeah. something super compelling about it, mm-hmm. but the closer you get to it, it just, it's a little bit of an empty, Yeah. you know? Yeah. It, 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 unless you change it in some way, it's, you know, you can take a picture. You can take a Xerox copy. You know, you're 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 taking what's there and 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 recreating it. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's the it's the technical aspect of art. Um, and, you know, people argue that, but um, and there's a lot of beautiful realistic work. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, just lovely work. Um, mm-hmm. but I I wanted to um challenge myself, and so I'm continually trying to. And I I make figures and I think oh boy that shape doesn't look good and but I, I I keep working at it yeah you know yeah well at the risk of sounding redundant uh, in one of my other segments I mentioned mentioned a, a quote by Picasso um, and this is having to do with um, an individual who when he was twelve years old could paint realism I mean there's a picture of a inside of a church with a light coming in and hitting the altar boy. It just, a 12 year old did that. That's what Picasso was capable of when he was a kid. And slowly, you know, I heard that he was 10 years ahead of the game every 10 years. Mm -hmm. And there's a quote, I think he said it took, um, I'm paraphrasing. It took me, you know, 65 years to learn to see the world as a three year old sees it again. Um, and that made it, 
that just clear clarified everything for me. Yeah, yeah. My daughter, um, and I'm going to paraphrase a quote that she just wrote. She she wrote a book of poetry, and she wrote share that place. Yeah, and she said, um, "What if we forget how to draw outside the lines?" <sighs> you know, and that's what I'm trying to do. Is like you know, you tell artists. You, you start off saying you need to learn how to draw and then you know, need to learn how to undraw. Yeah. You know, and, and just go with it. And that's where I'm at. And, and, and it doesn't feel good sometimes, you know, because mm-hmm. you, you're kind of going into new territory. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's like, like you're inside you is a mountain and you're climbing the mountain and it's yeah. really tough. Yeah. To you're, you're hard on yourself. Yeah. I know you are. I oh, can yeah. tell you're hard <laughs> on yourself. Um, it may be deservedly so. I don't, I don't know because the stuff you, the stuff you produce is it's phenomenal. Well, it's every, mind blowing. Every once in a while I get a glimpse of, of my body of work. You know, I mm-hmm. kind of go back through my Instagram or, and just kind of look at it. Mm-hmm. I think, hmm, I haven't seen this in a while. It's not as bad as I thought. Take a fresh look. <laughs> yeah. It's just a fresh through fresh eyes. Isn't that funny? Yeah. 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 Well, logo designs like that, you know, it's good to put it in a drawer for two weeks and then bring it out and have a fr- with fresh eyes. And you are the logo king. I tell you. I'm not king of anything. <laughs> You know, king of pain. That's who I am. <laughs> Thanks, though. Um, well, back to the masterpiece thing. Uh, yeah. What What is, is this something that's, um, well, let me back up real quickly about the painting process. And have you ever been tempted to, like, I could see your work in, like, woodcuts, mm-hmm. like, ca- ca- carved in wood panels, mm-hmm. you know, and on a wall or, or you know, cast or, you know what I'm saying? Cast, yeah, I would a love different, doing cast. A different type of medium. Have you ever been tempted um, I have, I have, but I've, I've, I'm, I'm interested in, in, in thought mostly. Mm-hmm. Um, um, sometimes I think, well, it's, I kind of relate it to, um, learning how to play an instrument. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I feel like, oh, I want to learn how to play guitar, which is good. A lot of people can, should do that and can do that. Yeah. But then I think, why am I, am I going to spend time learning an instrument when I can just learn my craft even better, Mm -hmm. you know, take that time to, Mm -hmm. to explore new directions and new things and, Mm -hmm. and learn that. And Mm -hmm. so that's kind of what I, I do is, I mean, and I still want to play guitar of course, but Mm -hmm. I, I kind of focus on, on, you know, you know, going into new territory for myself. What, what bores you? What, what is, is it, you know, uh, I'm sure you get, you know, bombarded with opinions and, you know, people, putting their impressions on you and especially paying clients. Um, is there something that you just find, you know, horrifically <laughs> dull or mediocre, mediocre? This is going to be really funny. Let's hear it. Because <clears throat> I'm painting all these murals. I probably even shouldn't say this on the air, but I'm Fire been painting, I've been painting these murals and I can't, I buildings bore me. Do they? And everybody wants me to paint Lansing and Lansing is a bunch of buildings. And I'm like, oh, yeah. another building in Lansing. And and I love Lansing. Mm-hmm. But so so if you look at my style, I try to make it look interesting. I I, I just kind of kind of play around with it. Yeah. Um, sometimes I make buildings look like a five-year-old did it, just yeah. blocks of color. But I try the angles and different things. But buildings really bore me. And cars, I, I, I don't want to ever draw a car. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Well, your work is something that um, it has a... I've mentioned this. I could go on and on about the, the tightly evolved style that you have that's unlike anything else I've ever seen, and I've seen a lot. Um, I could see your work easily um, holding up in 40, 50 years, you know. Thank you. And I don't think it typically speaks of a time. 
Um, there's a timeless quality to it, but there's also um, your mind's eye and the way it works. And you just mentioned the buildings and cars and how you will um, you'll push you'll push the, the, the boundaries of perception. Yeah. But you'll understand and you give credit to the viewer for understanding that that's a, that's a wheel on a car or understanding that's yeah. a capital dome Absolutely. and it comes together. Yeah. Like you mentioned Picasso. He, he had a quote, and I'm probably going to get it wrong, but um, some people, some artists take a circle and, make, and keep it a circle. Mm-hmm. Some artists take a, a circle and make it the sun. Nice. You know, and so, you know, yeah. that's kind of where I'm at. I, I, wanna, I want a line to look like something else other than a line. Yeah, that resonates. Yeah. 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 Wow. What, what do you want to do? What's what's next? Oh boy, you know, I think what what's going to happen. I'm hoping what's going to happen is when I retire from my my day job, mm. um, the world's just going to open up for me. I'll be able to do things kind of like what you're doing. You know, you work in all kinds of media, different mediums. Um, I, I'll be able to um, explore some mm. more things and um, kind of um, experiment with painting styles and and and, and stuff like that. I, you know, I do, I do stained glass. I do, I put a lot of combinations of, um, um, styles in one piece of work. Like I might have a painting with acrylic paint along with a stained glass piece along Sweet. with a mosaic. Well, the piece that you did here, it's over in our arts and sciences building. Mm-hmm. I don't know how long ago you did it, but it's daring. It's multi-level. Yeah. It's a multi-level piece that is, um, it's daring. That was so many people's favorite piece of uh, artwork of mine yeah i was i was always amazed that i love it people really like that and there's nothing else yeah. like it people love improbable artwork yeah they just do because it challenges their thought process yeah yeah but you know it's you know you go past that and you go oh i would have changed this i would if i would, would you do that again of course <laughs> yeah. i would say oh i'm gonna do this a little differently <laughs> well that's the old argument well i could have done it well you didn't yeah, you know. Well, you know, I, I, you when you said that earlier, um, I thought about going through the DIA one time when mm-hmm. when I was younger and sure. kind of learning about art, mm-hmm. and there and it's probably still there. There was a painting of a large, large painting of a, a red circle, mm-hmm. and that's all that was on the canvas. All right. And I'm thinking, okay, you know, back then I was thinking, oh, wow, that's interesting. This is a circle. Mm-hmm. Now I realize that. Not everybody can draw a circle and just say, "Hey, this is this is my artwork," mm-hmm. and 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 that's something, mm-hmm. you know, taking a, a a line and saying, "This is it. This is all you get." Yeah, interpret that. It's a <laughs> little know? chilling. Yeah, you know, because it, the scope of it uh, it redefines how we how we view the creative process, and that can be carried over to music too. Yeah, music is a huge influence in my art for sure. Yeah, and I, I like to to think that. Um, if I draw a line, you know, I might um, make it make it uh, shaky at some point, you know. And that's kind of like a a a, a, a trumpeter kind of um, doing a, a bunch of notes all together. At I same think time. we just distilled everything into this because it's obvious to me now. Looking at your work, and again to listeners, if you haven't checked out Brian Whitfield's work, take a minute, right? Because it's it's visual music. That's what it, it's exactly what it looks I like. Appreciate it's, that, it's yeah. symphonic. It all, it works together. It's balanced. It's, it's challenging and daring and exciting and cool. Uh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm trying to push that boundary to make it even, even more challenging for myself. Well, that's, yeah, well, it, I'm going to stay tuned. Um, uh, sometimes it's tough because, you know, you know, you put your work out there, <clears throat> especially murals. Mm-hmm. 
And if you look at a lot of murals, their style is very similar th- from mural to mural. It's true. And, it's true. Um, and my style varies a lot, but um, I'm kind of you know, exciting when somebody says, just paint it what you want. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of hard too, but um, because you have the world to think about, you know, what am I going to paint? But it can be difficult to um, stay in the parameters that they give you, you know, because they're they're thinking in a different realm than you are. Yeah, and they yeah. see they see my style and they kind of like that style because it's it's daring and it's another thing too. When when I see your work, it's like if you're going to do it, then do it. Yeah. Be it, make it look like real artwork. I mean, I know I'm being a little bit. You know, silly on that because artwork is everything and nothing, you know, sort of. Yeah. You know, I I was telling somebody that um, I'm not I don't sometimes I don't consider myself a muralist like others. People are muralists because Mm -hmm. they they can whip it out. I feel like I'm a large, a a large scale painter. There you go. Yeah. All right. Very large scale. painter. I will not refer to you as a muralist anymore. That's okay. I'll I'll take it. Yeah. No, I. But I I, I do. I do paint like I um, painted the um, Allen Street Market Mm -hmm. uh, mural. And um, I was, there's a lot of painterly things going on in there. It's not just, um, you know, it's a lot of brushwork and stuff yeah. going on there. Um, it's not just, you know, putting down a color and, and, and saying, okay, that's done. Right. Yeah. Well, the thing with placemaking is, too, um, that market or whoever occupies that building, that artwork will be associated with what they do. Um, and it'll be iconic. Um, that's what I'm gathering, and it's extremely powerful. You know, it puts a lot of power in the artist's hands and the creator's hands to to be involved at that level. You know, yeah. If you had a dream project, what do you think it would be? Mm, wow, dream project. You know, that's tough. That's tough. I I I I get um, excited when I'm doing a high profile project. Mm-hmm. Um, I love high profile project. Um, but the thing that keeps me um, doing art is the process. I love the process. Mm. And so I, I like the process more than I might like um, the particular job. I just, you know, so a job that would give me a, a an opportunity, for instance, the Grand Rapids mural. Yeah. That was, I love that process because I was in a space where I wasn't bothered. Mm-hmm. Um, I had shade. <laughs> I did have shade. Little things like yeah. comfort. Yeah. I had a tree that was right by me. And so yeah. it was just really easy. I, um, um, and so, so I can concentrate on how much I love to, to actually make paint and I, and I could take my time. Um, some of these, like if you go, go to a mural festival, you have a week, mm-hmm. you know, and I could do it in a week, yeah. but you're, 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 you're compromising some of the things that I would, I like to do, like, um, model things and, and rework things, nuancing, and think about it and right. that kind of stuff. Cause I, I think about, um, shapes and composition on the fly. Yeah, yeah, stuff like that I always find compelling, but it seems a little game show-ish to me yeah. when it's like uh, the, the clock is ticking, you know, and you, I don't know, it kind of, um, it, I think it it subtracts from the, the work a little bit, but I get it, you know, there's an excitement level and a marketing value to it. Yeah, yeah, it can be exciting, um, but, um, <clears throat> and I appreciate some of the artists that, I, that I've got to know and, and seen, but it's a little different than what I like to do, you mm-hmm. know, I like to to actually paint what do you want to be known for let's talk legacy for a minute before we wrap up hmm. kind of what you've been saying you know i'd like to be known for being daring trying and i haven't pushed myself nearly far enough really yeah i don't think so i i've i'm pretty i think i'm pretty conservative still and 
and hopefully as the as I go on, yeah, you know, I I want to have a, a a really nice body of work. Yeah, you know, I like you know, and and some artists, there's some uh, artists that are so prolific that they can just whip it out, and they and you can see their growth and see the where they they come, and they make so much work. Mm-hmm. And I would like to be able to just have a lot of work and and see it evolve, maybe? see it evolve, um, and and kind of um, I'd like to have a, a place where I can just be comfortable doing it. Well, you're already highly regarded, um, and you are. Uh, Thank you. Everyone knows you, um, and everyone speaks uh, greatly, you know, very highly of your your efforts, your work, and your personality. You're just a nice guy. <laughs> you're humble, and you're you're, you know, you're the opposite of the arrogant creative, and your work speaks for itself. Something I wouldn't mind seeing from you would be something in black and white. Mm. Not grays, just like maybe very few grays. That is so funny. Like a chessboard or, you know, something that's just striking in that way. And your work doesn't rely on color. I mentioned that before. You could take a black and white picture of any one of your things and you could frame it and put it up. Like I said, black and white is my favorite. That's Mm -hmm. what I kind of started off in. Um, But it's funny that you say that because... After the Allen Street Market mural, which had so much color in it, mm-hmm. I wrote on my um, Instagram page, "I'm going to just stick to black and white." Nah, I don't <laughs> know about that because your color, your mastery of color. You mentioned using all the stuff; it still works. It's complementary and it's balanced. I mean, it doesn't overwhelm and it doesn't rely on any single device. Yeah. Well, I, I um, <clears throat> my last mural was at um, the um, the Marriott downtown, the um, Courtyard Marriott. East Lansing? No, right here in downtown Lansing. Lansing, okay. Yeah, yeah. You can go check it out. And okay. That one, but the colors bothered me because there were so many colors I put in it. And it's funny how, you know, I, I, I hear myself saying this, you know, why are you doing something that bothers you? <laughs> you know, why don't you just not do that? Yeah. But, um, you know, um, like I say, I, I, I try to, sometimes I try to challenge, I try to make things work. I try to put a square peg in a round hole. Success is a lousy teacher. Bill (laughs) Gates said that, and I love it. You know, um, in learning, I mean, the learning process, it should never end. You know, you should never just put your feet up and put it on autopilot. I can never see you doing that. Yeah, yeah. And there are a lot of artists, and and I and I appreciate so many artists that just do that one style. They might paint flowers, or they might paint, you know, animals, or whatever they do. Mm -hmm. And I think art is good no matter what you do, and no matter how you approach it. Now, I think it's bad when you have a desire to do something different and you still do the same thing, mm-hmm. you know. And you settle for something. You settle and for that. Maybe out of fear, you know. There's a lot of, and bad. I think some people get probably so good at what they do, it becomes frightening to step out on the plane's wing a little bit or go out on a limb because that's where the fruit is, yeah, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it, you're right. Um, like that first job under the bridge, that was stepping out because I, you know, took on a challenge never painting a mural by myself painting four gigantic massive you know in 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 summer and then after that taking on painting eight murals all in one summer didn't get my head around it (laughs) my ankles hurt just looking at pictures of you under there doing that in 90 degree weather and the market mural that was so large that i just thought you know and i never you know some artists paint bigger than that but Mm -hmm. you know those these are my first murals i'm still pretty pretty young artist painting these things you wouldn't know it you know gauging your expertise and your familiarity and comfort and um interpretive skills and knowledge about your medium 
Um, well, we're going to wrap things up, sir. I, Brian, is there anything else, anything I'm missing or anything you want to say about what you're doing? I was just thinking about, um, you know, we talked about the um, physicality of, of, of painting murals. Right. Every time I do a mural, well, this last summer, I, I, I probably lost 45 pounds painting a mural. Painting Get a mural. out. It's that, it's that physical. Uh, no, I believe it. Yeah. But yeah. that's that's very, that's not good for you. Well, I needed to lose 45. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we all? I mean, I, come I was, on, man. I was happy losing that. And, all right. And I was, I was, I weighed about 245 and now I'm around 210. I can't gain a yeah, little bit Yeah, you back. look great. No, you know, you, you do. Thank you. But I, 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 I like that. And, and every time I paint a mural, I lose at least 20 pounds. I, I, I believe that completely. And I see like arthritis cream, at least for me, it would be just dragging my, my tired shell of a body out of bed every day, having to do, yeah. you know, the scaffolding and the, and the painting and the popping the cans and well, moving. The, the sun, you know, um, South murals, that, that um, market murals on the South side, mm-hmm. the sun was beat on me. I'm standing in 90 degree weather and, yeah. and I was in a construction zone, so I had to wear all the construction stuff. Oh, had, brother. And, and I was just burning up. And it's beaming off the, the cement is radiating yes. the heat. Yes. Oh, that's fun. All of that. Like and a so, frying pan. So, you know, people look at it and say, oh, you, you know, you do this, you can do it so easily. It's a, it's a, it's work. Who says you do it easily? Are they insane? Well, you know, because like you, I hate to say this, but I, because I do it so good, I think. Yeah. They say, they see that. Effortless, it's, it's the effortlessness effort, of it. It's effortless. You yeah. Know, well. I could, you could do that in five minutes and it's like, uh eh. You should say, well, pick up a brush and you come down here for a few hours and help me out. Okay. This weekend. <laughs> see what they say then. Yeah. I've had some people help me out like under the bridge. They just kind of, you know, friends of mine and, and it was a challenge for I them. I think your daughter helped you. Didn't I see a picture? Um, with your girl up there or somebody was helping you this there's a few friends my daughter was in school so she, okay. she came by you know, at different times but she didn't really help me yeah but well yeah. they all have to be just proud is probably the wrong word but just uh, <laughs> you know just blown away by what you continue to do on a remarkable basis they, they don't tell me that <laughs> well i'm sure they're feeling it i'm sure they're bragging about you behind your back yeah i'm really proud of her because she's I think she's probably more talented than, than I will ever be. There's she's that humble so, artist. She's so skilled at what she does. Yeah. Well, you mentioned some of her poetry and, uh, sounds, sounds great. Yeah. She's, so, she's well, she's good. got a, well, she's got a great role model. Hmm, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. You know, me and her mother, you know, I think we did a good job. <laughs> it sounds like it. Brian, it has been so good talking to you. And I really, actually, I wouldn't mind having you back if you don't mind. I would, I would love to talk. I appreciate talking to yeah, you. Yeah. This is the first part of, um, taking this 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 podcast and expanding it out into the community outside the borders of Lansing Community College. There's plenty left to talk about at LCC, plenty of great stuff, but there's also amazing work that just sprawls and in, in the city is taking itself more seriously when it comes to, uh, to fine art. And uh, Brian Whitfield is a major part of that. Sir, thank you for, for joining us today. Thank you. I appreciate you so much. Thank you for inviting me. Okay, we'll see you. Jeremy Kaczynski once said, The principles of true art is not to portray, but to evoke. If you want to check out what I've been talking about, just visit this episode at lccconnect.org. Art Happens Here is a production of LCC Connect. Thanks for lending us your imagination. Featuring the staff 
faculty, students, and others that help to make Lansing's Premier College what it is today. You're listening to LCC Connect. To find out more about our featured programs or to listen on demand, visit us at lccconnect.org. LCC Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. The University Center at Lansing Community College collaborates with five four-year universities to provide easy transfer pathways for more than 30 bachelor's degrees programs. Visit lcc.edu slash uc to learn more. You don't usually get a stock tip from a 16-year-old, but I'm here to tell you about a different kind of stock. It's called Better Futures, a stock for social change that's not about making money. Instead, you invest to help students like me go to college. This is beyond a simple donation. It's the opportunity for America to invest in its kids and take an active stake in the future of the country. The return on your investment isn't money. What you get back is knowing you protected our potential. So one day, that potential can grow up to become surgeons and architects, executives and engineers, people who can change the future just by being a part of it. My name is Alicia, and I'm your dividend. Invest in better futures with UNCF. Visit uncf.org invest. A mind is a terrible thing to waste, but a wonderful thing to invest in. A public service announcement brought to you by UNCF and the Ad Council. Lansing Community College Performing Arts features several events and presentations throughout the year. Find more information by visiting lcc.edu slash showinfo. LCC. Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. It's time for Inside LCC, an inside look at Lansing Community College's nationally recognized academic programs, state-of-the-art training opportunities, and innovative technology. I'm Andrea Hoagland, Dean of the Arts and Sciences Division. We've got you covered with programs that nourish creativity and exploration, along with transfer and completion options. Listen as the team explores some of our amazing, cutting-edge programs and learn through conversations with students, faculty members, and industry experts. The Sign Language Interpreter Program at Lansing Community College is a a two-and-a-half-year program that teaches students the skills to work as a sign language interpreter. To be a certified interpreter and work in Michigan, students will need to take a state certification test upon graduation. That test requires an associate's degree. To be a nationally certified interpreter, that is a separate test, which requires a bachelor's degree. The program is structured into three levels, freshman, sophomore, and junior. Freshman sign language students are taking first-year 100-level sign language classes. Those classes focus on grammar and vocabulary. Anyone can take these classes as long as they meet the prerequisites. If a student is interested in entering the interpreter training program, the ITP, they must take a skills assessment screening, which happens once a year in the summer. There is no cap on how many students can be admitted into the program. If they have the skills necessary to successfully pass the ITP screening, they will be admitted. New cohorts for the sophomore year start every fall. At the end of the sophomore year, students become junior ITP students. Both years of the ITP require practicum, which is an opportunity for real-world interpreting experience supervised by a certified interpreter. Interpreters work in a variety of places, K-12, 
post-secondary, legal, medical or mental health settings, performing arts, or video relay. Salaries can range based on where someone lives, the type of work they do, and their certification level. Sign language classes are offered at a variety of days and times, while the ITP classes are offered in the evening. LCC also has a sign language club, so students can participate in events with their classmates. If you are interested in learning more about the Sign Language Interpreter Program, please call 517-483-5329 or email signadvising at lcc.edu. Sharing the voices of Lansing Community College. Visit us at lccconnect.org. LCC Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. Lansing Community College's dual enrollment program offers the opportunity for qualified high school students to earn college credit while working towards their high school diploma. Dual enrollment lets students receive educational advancement in areas where the student's interest is displayed, especially in courses and academic areas not available in the student's high school. To find out more information about dual enrollment, visit lcc.edu. Sergeant Jason Nielsen was paralyzed while serving as an MP in Iraq. The sniper from down the alleyway shot me. Six weeks later, I woke up at Walter Reed, not really knowing where I was at. Paralyzed veterans of America's national service officers, such as Sherita Latham, are trained to help injured veterans get all the benefits they've earned. I could call Sherita at 11 o'clock at night and she would answer the phone and be like, what can I do for you, Jason? If someone needs you, you listen to them. If they call, we're there for them. She worked with my wife hand in hand, um, took care of everything for me just so I could focus on just recovery and I'm trying to get on with life. If there was no PVA, we wouldn't have the benefits that we have. We wouldn't know about the benefits. To learn how you can help paralyzed veterans, visit pva.org. The Lansing Community College Foundation provides scholarships that make education possible, change students' lives, and uplift our community. The foundation annually accepts scholarship applications from November through January. Learn more at lcc.edu scholarships. LCC. Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. Hey, hey, hey. This is Lisa A., and you're listening to Who's That Star on LCC Connect at Lansing Community College. Who's That Star is a behind-the-scenes show where I sit down and talk with the employees at the college. This is an inside look at LCC where you will have a chance to learn about their passions, projects, what inspires them both at work and in their personal lives. I'm your host, Lisa Alexander. I'm so excited to get a chance to talk to all the people who make LCC great. This show is for you to get to know the people that work at Lansing Community College a little bit more and see what makes them tick. Are you ready? Okay, let's go see who's today's star. On Who's That Star today, we have the pleasure of having a lifelong Lansing local. She is from Bath, Michigan, and attended Bath High School. After high school graduation, she then went to LCC. 
where she was also a student athlete and her sport was softball. She transferred to MSU and earned a bachelor's degree in agricultural natural resource communication. She started at LCC 12 years ago as a part-time support staff. She reports that she came to work at LCC during the recession and wanted to find her place in careers. This star stated that she worked under some amazing supervisors who helped her grow and discover her career path, which will be enlightening when she learned her role. She's worked her way up to an administrator in the Center for Career and Academic Pathways. On a personal note, she describes herself as a busy sports mom. I describe her as an active and engaged parent who is devoted to her family. She's also a great team player. Okay, everyone, are you ready to learn more about today's star? Today's star is Rebecca Sawa. Welcome, Rebecca, to Who's That Star? Thanks, Lisa. You can call me Becca if you'd like. Okay, thank you. Most I was so glad. That way. Yes, because I'm trying to be right, but I know you as Becca, and that's going to make this a lot <laughs> easier for me to call you Becca. All right, Becca, I'm going to get ready to ask the first question. Tell me how you got started at LCC. Yeah, so I um, started my academic career here as a student, um, completed at MSU, had the fortune of graduating at the start of, of the recession. Um, I worked in industry for a, a little bit and then wanted to get closer to Lansing. Um, happened to kind of fall into the, the position uh, with career services um, and kind of fell in love with it and have, have transferred to different roles, but always stayed in career services. Okay, what are some of the other roles that you had in career in employment services? Yeah, so my first my first role that I hired into was part-time support um, for actually a grant. Um, and then, you know, through time and learning and having supervisors and mentors that kind of pulled me along the way and gave me opportunities to get experiences, build skills, um, I was able to, to kind of move up. And I've, I've worked on a couple different grants. I worked on the ePathways grant. Um, and then through different changes and retirements in our department, I've kind of absorbed a lot of roles um, mm-hmm. to kind of get where I am now. So tell me what your uh, title is now in Career Employment Services. So I think my official title is Internship Development Manager, um, but I handle most of like the employer relations for the department. So any external company who's looking to recruit or hire our students, um, I do all of our departmental events, manage our job board, um, manage the administrative functions of our department. So um, outside of seeing students one-on-one for career advising, I, I do most of the career services functions. Yeah, I know you do quite a bit, like, and it's very varied in regards to all the different tasks that you have to complete. I know one of the things that you did, and I wanted to shout you out about it, was um, our career fairs Mm -hmm. that we've done um, since, I don't know, I can't remember. I've been a part of them, I want to say, probably for the last, like, five or six years. And when we had them in person, Although the one that was um, virtual, I got really good responses from. But those ones that we had in person were stellar. 
you know, and I wanted to compliment you Thank on that you. because we had so many employers that would come in and we had so many students and how you set everything up because you logistically had to manage everything. And I was just like, man, this is a big deal. And you made it run smoothly. Yeah. You know, it's funny because when I started, there wasn't like a large college community wide fair. And that was one thing that wasn't necessarily in my job description, but I wanted to do because I felt we needed it and kind of, you know, I like doing events. I like the planning aspect of it. And again, one of my supervisors was like, go for it, take it over and gave me the freedom to run with it. And yeah, I don't, I don't know how long we've been doing it now, but it's, it's one of those things that I just said, Hey, can we try this? And they said, absolutely. Um, you know, go get it. And that's, that's what I did. So do you actively in your role seek out like internships for departments or I mean programs or do instructors or department heads work with you to secure those type of things? How does that work? Yeah, so it kind of depends on the student's curriculum. Some of them have, you know, as you know, that internship course component, not a lot of them do. Um, So it, it works a couple different ways. We do a lot to promote the opportunities that we receive in terms of internships to the different faculty um, in the program areas just to make students aware because, you know, completing an internship is important regardless of if you need it for credit or not. Right. Um, so I try to share it that way. But there are cases where students, you know, are enrolled in the class or they need to complete it and, and they may need some assistance locating that internship. And, mm. and we do, you know, assist with that. But a lot of it is sharing it out to make sure students are aware that there's opportunities for them to gain that professional experience as a student. So if a student was looking, because I know like as an employee, I'll see that you send out emails talking about different jobs that employers have contacted you about and want to, you know, get student response. Like, is there a place that students can access that or does that go out? How does that work? Because I was always curious about how yep. they found out. So um, as a student and alum, as soon as basically if, as long as you have your LCC username and password, you can a- access student job link, which is lcc.edu slash student job link. Um, we post anything external um, in terms of jobs, internships, part-time, full-time, um, any employment opportunity that is not at LCC. So you know, faculty, staff, or student positions, we post those there. Mm -hmm. Um, And then what we do, because, you know, we try to share them as widely as possible. So those emails you get are, are just another avenue to say, hey, do you know, here's an accounting internship opportunity. Here's this opportunity. So if we run into those students to add, okay, got you. Yeah. Yep. That makes sense. Cause I know, um, I think I volunteered one time before the pandemic to go, because there were student trips yep. too that you also kind of oversaw and we got a chance. I think it was, um, was it Jackson National? Yes. They had one that they went and set it out for the students. And I thought that was a nice way for students to get an opportunity to see what, you know, employers had to offer. Do you think that'll come back from, you know, since the pandemic and people are starting to get out? You know, I hope so. Um, I know a lot of companies, larger companies shifted to hybrid remote work themselves. Um, but it, you know, I hope we can in some capacity get back to that because I think there's just, um, sometimes a lack of awareness of the opportunities available to students. Um, you know, you maybe only think there's a few companies out there, but really, 
you know, right here locally, there's a lot of opportunity and there's a lot of really great physical spaces to work at. Mm -hmm. Um, So just showcasing that, I I do hope at some level we can get back to that. Um, Will we get back to the Friday field trips? I don't know, you know, every Friday, but it it was a fun experience. And a lot of students were really, um, I think, shocked to see how amazing some of these facilities are or the just the sheer amount of opportunity and career growth that a lot of these companies can offer. Yeah. And that's, that's what I liked about it because I felt like you don't know what you don't know. Right. And then when you get an opportunity to see what you can be exposed to and what the degree that you earn here can allow you to do or help get you into that direction, I think is great. So I really think you've done a really good job with the role in that you did and the internship manager position. I think you really do a good job, even though I think it's way more. (laughs) Yeah. And other duties as a sign. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. That's a big, big part of it. Well, um, here's a question. It's like in the future at LCC, if your name was tied to a process, a program or anything else, what would it be, you know? You know, I I honestly would say nothing. Um, and and not, not that people with names on buildings or programs or processes or anything, not, I'm not trying to downplay any of that, but that's just not who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't strive to, to have my name being like, oh, Becca did this, that and everything because most of what you're going to do. And I think what we do here for students, we don't do alone. Right. Right. So maybe it was my idea or we came up with a collaborative and I was, you know, in charge of, of getting something off the ground. It wasn't just me that, you know, you can't do anything alone really. Um, so I, yeah, I guess I just, I don't have that aspiration to, to have something named after me or, you know what I mean? Because Mm -hmm. I think everything is just such a collaborative team effort that, you know, I don't know. I guess it's just not who I am. No. And I, I, when I saw that answer and the question, I was, I liked it because I thought that, you know, that's not everybody's goal to have their name on some specific project or to be identified for specific deeds or tasks that they completed, but it's to be a part of the team and to work to help for the betterment of the students. And I really think that you do that well. I think you always are there to help when someone asks you to do that. And so I liked it. And I think that, you know, that's okay. Everybody doesn't have to try to strike out and have their name on everything or, you know, do this and that. So I like the question and I like your answer. So that's why I wanted to ask you that. But we know that you do a lot of work for LCC and you enjoy what you do. But what is life for like for you outside of LCC? Yeah, so it's busy. Um, so I have a husband. Um, he's great. He's, he's a local middle school teacher. Uh-huh. Um, and then um, I have three daughters. One is a bonus daughter who will be a senior this year. And then we have a a nine-year-old and a seven-year-old together. So a lot of women to tag along with my husband. Um, But yeah, we're busy. Our girls are in activities. We're usually running to a sporting event or something. My husband also coaches. So um, 
Yeah, you're a sports family then. We huh? are a sports family, absolutely, yes. Because I um I get a chance because uh your bonus daughter, Nay, is graduating. And so my daughter's graduating this year too. So we get a chance to kind of uh spaz out about all these things that we gotta get ready to plan for. And um I know that your two daughters, uh Bryn and Kendall, the, like I love them. They don't particularly care too much about me, but I love them and I love how, you know, uh, Bryn and her YouTube channel. So that is going to be my partner one day whenever she decides to let me get in on that. But yeah, you're busy. Yes, we are. And I think Bryn's been practicing for something like this since she was about three years old, creating videos on my phone of of her YouTube channel that is not on YouTube, but in her mind is on YouTube. It is, and she has plenty of videos that I enjoy watching, and I know that she's going to be that star. And then I know you were talking about your children. Uh, both are on the same athletic team this summer. Yeah, so they both um, were on the U8 softball team this summer. My husband and I coached it, um, but they got to play together. It was Kendall's first experience on, like, a team, you know, since COVID, everything that she kind of would have been able to do wasn't happening. So this was her first experience on a team. And Bryn, Bryn has played a couple of years, but it was great to see them together kind of in a outside of just a sister, you know, experience. Right. Teammates yes. and getting to see how that goes. Yes. Well, that's wonderful. Also, so you said your husband is a basketball coach. Yes. So you guys are getting ready to start getting busy again for basketball season. That doesn't start till what? Yeah, that'll start. I think in November. Right now we're we're just wrapping up summer softball, and then Naomi plays volleyball. So that'll start here in August, okay. and then that'll roll right into basketball season, which will push us right back into softball season. So yeah, that spark that sports mom is really true because you guys have sports all around your life. And then you talked about being a sports athlete here mm -hmm. at LCC. So it's just kind of full circle that you have your children, you married a partner in sports, and that's just your sports mind yeah. and sports life. We love it. Well, I want to know, what is some of the best advice that you've learned so far in your life? Um... That's tough. Um, I, I think one of one of the examples I gave was my dad always always told us, and me specifically. I think growing up as an athlete, you know, once you get good at something or have a skill, if somebody asks you for help, you help them. Mm -hmm. um, you know, because I know so many people helped me. Right, like you you need people to help you along the way, and so and he's always done that. You know he's a contractor. He has a lot of skill sets, mm -hmm. but it's, it's always something, you know, and I know it's kind of cliche, but I always call my dad for help, but it's like, he'll help anybody, you know, and, and if he can help in some way or has a skill set, that's what he does and ha has no expect, excuse me, expectation of a return. Mm -hmm. Um, and he's always said, you know, when you have a skill, help somebody, if they ask you for help, if they want to learn your skill, mm -hmm. help them. Right. And so, you know, that's kind of stuck with me. And I think, you know, even at work, it's like a lot of times you'll see me out at the drop in desk and advising. Right. And yes, that's not necessarily my job, but I can help because I know how that desk functions. Um, 
but you know, sometimes you just forget like you got somewhere because of other people. Right. So you, you know, give back and kind of share that, that knowledge. Yeah. And I, I was going to say, I would tell your dad that you take that and you model that because you do, you help out in a lot of different areas. And that's why I like in the intro, I said you're a team player because the skill set that you have, and taking over student staff and just doing a lot of things. You are a team player. So good job, Dad. <laughs> and I wanted to ask you, this is because we're getting ready to uh, start getting to uh, football season. And like we said, sports are ramping up and you're the sports mom. So I know this answer, but I got to go and ask, go green or go blue? Go green for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I got a I got a degree from there. We live very close to to Michigan State, but Naomi is going on a visit to U of M. So yes. not sure where she'll land, but perhaps we may have to have a little go blue in us. Right. And you know, I'm not hating on um Michigan. Michigan is a great school, and you know, I I have to give them that. But and and but I'm so proud of Naomi because she is really a stellar student yes. as well as a good athlete. And so that she gets the opportunity because don't get it twisted. Everybody don't get the opportunity to go to U of M. Yes. And so or Michigan State. So I want to make sure to throw that out there. And so we're super proud of her. And I wanted to give her her flowers now because she got options. So, you know, she can go to a lot of different places. And so we're super proud of her for that as well. But we are go go green. green. Well, Becca. We're going to end our uh, interview today, but I want to give you a chance to say anything that you'd like to say about how to contact your office and let people know that they can reach out. And if there's any employers out there that want to be able to contact you, I give you this chance to let them know where you are. Yeah. So you can always find somebody from career services in the uh, Gannon building in the career center, which is on the second level. Um, you know, you can always pop in and ask for Baca. They'll, they'll track me down. We have wonderful student staff that work in there. Um, and that they'll definitely either pass along your contact information or get your question to me and, and, you know, we can connect. All right. Whenever. Well, thank you, Becca. Excuse me. I'm so in awe, but <laughs> no, <laughs> tongue twisted. But, um, today we learned about Becca Sawa. Did I say it right? What? Your last name? Soa. Soa. Okay. Let me say that again. Today we learned about Becca Soa, internship development manager. We learned about her role and what she's passionate about outside of the college and her work. I want to thank you for, I want to thank you all for listening and we'll talk to you next week on Who's That Star? You've been listening to Who's That Star? I'm Lisa A., and you can listen to this episode of Who's That Star and other shows from LCC Connect anytime online at lccconnect.org. Thank you for listening. Catch me next time to find out Who's That Star? This has been a presentation of LCC Connect, a weekly program that features the voices 
Vibes, and Vision of Lansing Community College. All shows featured on LCC Connect are recorded at the WLNZ Studio, located on LCC's downtown campus. Each program is podcast-based and can be heard anytime at lccconnect.org. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on one of our shows, connect with us by emailing lcc-connect at lcc.edu.